welcome to the Change Book Radio Show with your host, work-life fit expert, Deb Crow. Join Deb every week as she interviews the co-authors from all over the globe. They'll share their insights into self-empowerment with their personal stories and real-life experiences that will help your own personal development and touch every area of your life. Join Deb every Wednesday on Blog Talk Radio at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Well, good afternoon, everybody. It's Saturday, May the 13th, and we're bringing you a special episode this afternoon of the Changebook Radio Show. I'm taking my own advice next week and taking a week holidays, and I didn't want you to miss the lady that I had scheduled for next Wednesday. So let me tell you who I will be interviewing this afternoon. Maggie Slider is in book 12, and I was happy to co-author in book 12 with her. And you're going to just fall in love with her magnetic personality and her thick Scottish accent, which I could listen to for hours on end. But let me tell you a little bit about Maggie. She's had a very interesting career. Her objectives are to help people get real and to let go of their need for control, to discover their passion and purpose, and to do it so authentically. She does this through her own belief and practice using the law of attraction. She believes in vulnerability as a strength, not a weakness. Maggie encourages people to get out of their heads and into their soul, as we know that deep inside of us, what what feels right and what doesn't. She wants us to love, honor, and respect ourselves first and do everything from a place of love. Maggie's mission is that with her help, People will identify and release what holds them back and no longer serves them, like fears and limiting beliefs. To empower people by increasing their sense of self and helping them transform their lives to create the authentic life that they have lived and are going to love. She's facilitated many groups through the Children's Aid Society of Toronto to teach a mandatory curriculum for prospective adoptive foster and kin parents. She has had extensive years of of experience as a senior court officer with the Metro Police. She has worked with special needs children and adults with autism. And her latest accomplishment is co-authoring In the Change, book number 12, with our very own Jim Britt, who was Tony Robbins' first mentor, and of course, Jim Roots. She most recently was a guest panelist at a powerful Women Today event and an expert coach in the Coach's Corner at the Toronto Expo, Women's Expo. So, Maggie, welcome to the Changebook Radio Show. Thanks so much, Deb. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and happy Mother's Day to you, my friend, as we celebrate with many mothers all over the world. I was thinking before the interview, what a lovely day to be interviewing my co-author and colleague and friend as we can just have another exciting thing to look forward to this weekend. Right. And, you know, when I think about that, too, it's ironic because being a mother is one of the only things that I really wanted to aspire to for the longest time. <laughs> so, Well, it is, and it is, I, I feel a bit privileged interviewing you today because we have met and I was so thrilled to have you to my home for lunch. We had a lovely 
afternoon together. So I, I feel I have even more insight, but I'm still going to, as always, have an exciting interview because there's lots of questions that I have for you and you've had a very exciting life with all the different vocations that you've done. So, so let's delve right in here. So first okay, of all, what, what drew you to Jim Britz and Jim Lutz and, and how did you become involved in our beautiful global community? Um, well, when I think back, um, I, I had never heard about either Jim Lutz or Jim Britt and had never heard about the change book. I opened up my emails one day and there was an email about the change actually asking me if I had ever thought about co-authoring a book. And previous to that, about six months previous to that, I had actually attended a weekend workshop. I won't mention the name of the person, but I had men- um, been at a workshop, a three-day workshop, probably about six months uh, previous to that. And I was actually starting to write my own book and was very excited about it. And that book was called uh, Finding Yourself, the, uh, the Guide to Finding Your Authentic Inner Self. I was very excited about it because I used to be a really avid writer. I took creative writing at school. I'm very good at writing essays. And then I lost my passion for writing. Finally, I got back into it. And then, so the, ne- so the next logical step for me was that I had so many stories to tell and I had changed my story and I wanted to share it with people. And when I went to this other three day event, the guy that was running the event insisted that I tell. Um, everybody that the reason I was writing this book was the fact that I wanted to make money out of it, that that's the main reason that I was doing it. And that is not the main reason that I was doing it. And he didn't like that I wouldn't say what he wanted me to say. So when the opportunity from Jim and Jim came along, I found that there was no pretentiousness. There was no, it wasn't about them making money. It wasn't about um, even about me making mo- just making money. It was about taking what I had done in my like my whole life and kind of putting it into a chapter, which is like the start of me getting my story out there, which is what I want to do. I wanted to tell people my story. So obviously, the chapter was only a small part of my story, but I wrote it in such a way that I think a lot of people get a big part of my story. But the, what I wanted people to get was how my story had changed and how it doesn't matter if you're stuck in whatever you're stuck in, whatever you're going through. If you change your mindset and you have a good support system, there's always something better waiting for you. And so I loved the fact that um, I was sitting in my home, in my little humble abode, and I kept saying, you know, I'm just a little kid that emigrated from Scotland like when I was 18 And all of a sudden, these two, like, you know, world-known, phenomenal men are speaking to me on the phone. And I just, I was so humbled by it. And I kept telling my daughter, oh, my gosh, these men are, like, speaking to little old me. And actually, my daughter said to me, Mom, stop saying that because you're not little old you anymore. You're somebody completely different. And that moment was the moment that I decided that I have to do this because if my daughter feels that way about me and that's how I teach my kids without limits, then I really had to take that step and um, just put myself out there and do it. And it was a perfect opportunity at the perfect time. Well, and I, I agree with you. And, and I and I know that one of your beliefs is um, 
we gain strength, not weakness through vulnerability. And I, yes. I, tr- I truly believe, and I say this for myself, if I look back at all the peaks and valleys in my life, whether it be personal or in business as an entrepreneur, we don't, we don't grow into our greatness without those failures and our, our willingness to be vulnerable. So I think there's a lot of magic in that. And I think I love hearing that that was such a pivotal moment from, for, for you from that time. So mm-hmm. adding on to that, what has changed in your life since you've published and what have you done within the change book community since, since the book has come out? Um, so what has changed in my life? Well, um, I started last, uh, I guess last February I joined because I really just started getting out on my own and really just started my business last January, February. And I started getting out and networking a little bit more. And, um, I went and I joined a co-working place and there is only one in the area that I live in, a co-working place called The Hive. Um, and it is a fabulous place. It's a place where um, you can go and you can rent a, a desk for a couple of hours a day to the whole week if you want. You can. There's a room there where you, can, if you have clients, you can bring your clients in and you can do private sessions. I was at the time doing private sessions in my home, um, either in person or by phone or by Skype or by Skype. Um, but I started. I joined the Hive as a co-working place so that I had that other uh, place that I could take clients to. But also, I networked with a lot of people. I met with a lot of people. Out of that, um, just being a member there, I have. So I, I was a guest panel on their event, Powerful Women Today. Out of that, um, everybody in the group knows that I have co-authored the book. Any networking event that I go to, I have my book with me, and I bring up the fact that. I co-authored this book and the, you know, Jim and Jim were the people that um, started this collaboration. And I always get like oohs and ahs and wows and everybody's always so interested in it. Um, Sorry, I forget the second. Oh, and then what have I done? So I've done, I think because I co-authored the book, it got me the powerful women today, got me to be on the panel. It got me recognized, got me to be on the panel. I just, um, as you said in the introduction, I just was invited to be um, a, an expert coach at a huge event. It was, I think, eleven or 1,200 attendees, and that was just in March or April, the end of, the end of March, I believe, in Toronto. Um, I was invited to go back again at the end of this month, but I can't go because I have another event. But I'm actually getting recognition just for the book um, because people know that I've done it. And how has it, so it's changed my life in ways I think that I've put myself out there more. Um, and I, I was a little bit afraid at the beginning to actually use it because I felt like I was boasting. And then I remember speaking to Jim Lutz on a private call one day and he said, if you don't tell people that you're the best at what you do, why would they come to you? And so that kind of changed my mind as to, how I actually do speak to people and I speak about it now not and it's not boasting but it's with pride and not pride just for me but pride for everybody who is a co-author in the in the in the book The Change and also for what both gyms have done for all of us and then what I'm hoping to do with the book now and hoping to do with um, some of the co-authors so I was thrilled that I met you and the other Ontario co-authors last year that was fabulous and 
I keep seeing our pictures being posted on the book, uh, the Change um, Facebook page, and and I'm like so happy every time I see that. But the big thing that I'm doing now is for the last couple of years, I've had a vision. And my vision, it's not totally clear right now, but it's a vision where I'm, or, I'm actually organizing my own event. I'm organizing an event, and, and it's a powerful event. It's a high-energy event. It is about empowering people. It is about helping people to change their story from the story that they grew up with until the story that they actually want their life to be like now. And I'm actually... I've just reached out to, I think, so far six co-authors, um, and we're um, in the beginning stages of planning this big event. Hopefully, it's going to be at the end of uh, the summer or beginning of the fall. It's going to be in Toronto or Vaughan area. Um, I need to go out now and start looking for a venue, but I've already spoken to some amazing co-authors, and I already have them, and you are one of them, of course, um, and I already have these co-authors. Um, coming up with ideas and what they want to bring to this huge event. Um, and I'm just what it, what the vision is. I don't even really have a concrete plan, but I'm just being driven to do it. So the change and being a co-author is allowing me to do that. Well, and, and that's the vehicle that it's meant to do. And I think people misconstrue and think it's a few pages and a chapter in a book when we've really been catapulted into a global community of greatness. And I think that there's untapped potential. And as Jim Lute says, you can do as little or as much as you want. I want to just Mm -hmm. go back to something that you just said there. Um, I had the privilege this week of uh, having a a live interview with Gary Cox. And he's a a life coach, uh, life strategist. And he's often on... Dr. Phil and the doctors and he helps Mm -hmm. people much like you do in the sense of limiting fears and beliefs. So Alan Witch from book seven um, was co-hosting his podcast, Think Bold, Be Bold with um, Christopher Cumbie and Donna Dahl, another co-author was also on and neither of us knew the other was on. So long story short, Gary says, what is your, um, what is your problem or what is your challenge? And I just want to share with you because I think it's so in line with your principles and your branding of the work that you're doing. And I said to Mm -hmm. him, how do I always remain authentic in my coaching business? And he said, okay, what does authentic mean to you? Give me, give me a few words. And I said, being genuine, Uh, being experienced and I actually forget the third word because what happened Mm -hmm. was it was right in that moment he then he then said to me okay so what does authentic mean then and I regurgitated my own beliefs and it was just it was an aha moment but it was funny and he said to me you know Mm -hmm. what did you learn from this and I said even as coaches we sometimes need to have that other coach just reinforce what we are doing much like Jim Lutz is saying to you if you don't tell everyone you're an expert and this is your area of expertise they're not going to guess it like if you're not out there Mm -hmm. exuding that brand of who you are so I just thought that that was just such an interesting and simple epiphany in the moment and it made me laugh and it's so fun to laugh at ourselves Mm. right 
Oh, yes. Gosh, if I didn't laugh at myself, I'd be crying all day. (laughs) Well, and I know that recently you just went to San Diego to the first vault with Jim and Jim. And I would love for you to just share that a little snippet of that experience and how that came to fruition for you. Wow. That, I mean, that's something else that has come out of, uh, you know, just being a co-author. I met, uh, so I was very excited. I was very excited. um, And and I was like, why am I doing this? What am I getting out of this? And, you know, part of being a law of attraction coach is that I let go of the outcome of anything because that, you know, this is what I talk about when you don't have control. Um, None of us have control of the how. We need to know our what and we need to know our why, but the how is not up to us. It's never our decision. Um, it's up to the universe. It's up to the universe's timing. It's up to the creator. And, and it, you know, everything's so serendipitous. It always works out the way it is totally meant to. And at the time, it doesn't. And we may think, why are these things happening? Why am I being challenged like this? But if you just go with the flow, have the faith, uh, and you will get through it. And then, you know, when the time is right, you will look back and you and you will say, that's exactly why I, this happened now. That's exactly why I had to go through that. So when I was, like, getting on the airplane, very excited, had a little bit of a, not really anxiety, but a little bit worried because my kids live at home with me. There's no other parent. Their dad died a few years ago. And so I'm the sole parent. And um, we don't, I don't have other family here. I have a lot of really good friends, but so I'm always a little bit kind of hesitant about leaving my kids and flying to some other country, but they're old enough to take care of themselves. But I had to tell myself that if I think that something's going to happen, something will happen. So I had to really push myself, um, and have the faith and just, you know, not worry about the outcome. And when I got to San Diego, I was very excited and I was thinking, stop asking what you're getting out of this because it will happen over the weekend. You'll figure it out. When I was at the desk checking in, um, I turned around and who was right next to me at the check-in desk but Jim Britt. And, you know, we'd never met. We'd just seen each other on Facebook. And right away, this big, gentle giant, um, I get goosebumps even just talking about it. Um, this big, gentle giant turned around and said, Maggie, how lovely to meet you. Gave me a hug. Um, I just felt like I totally belonged there. It just was like one of the best moments of my life. Um, I'm even tearing up as I'm talking about it. And that that afternoon, that Friday afternoon, we walked downstairs. We were having this event, and it is actually in a vault. It's in an old bank, which is now turned into a hotel. And I actually walked into the, the boardroom, which is inside the vault, and it wasn't our meeting that was going on. It was another event, and that's that I am. I walk into a room, and I say, let the party begin. I'm here. And it wasn't our group. <laughs> it was a totally different meeting. And talk about being vulnerable. I just said, oh, I don't think this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, but everybody that was in there laughed. And they were like, oh, but you, you have great energy. Why don't you come join us? Anyway, that was just kind of a little funny thing that happened. And then eventually I met, found both gyms, um, found the location where I was supposed to be. And right away again, I just felt like I'm so supposed to be here this is exactly where you know the the universe has brought me to sat down it's a small group of people I think there was only eight of us plus the two gyms 
And I was such a good student. I had bought my notebook. I was writing. I was paying attention. I was doing everything I was to do. And when I finished the first day, I thought, what did they teach me or what information did they give me that I don't already know? And because I, I questioned that, what, I, well, I already know that stuff. Why, why, so why am I here? Why did I pay the money? Why did I take the trip down here? I didn't quite get it. But the way that I am, I look at, I don't look at, well, I've wasted my time. I've wasted my money. I, okay, so what, am I, what is the point of this? What am I learning from this? And what I learned right there and then on the Friday night was that I am absolutely where I am supposed to be in my journey. I am absolutely doing what I am supposed to be doing to help other people. This is absolutely my passion and my purpose. And, I, and that I'm ever evolving. Um, and I felt so comfortable um, with the people in the, in the room. I found that a lot of people didn't share as much as I did. And that's okay. Um, but I was very vulnerable. I became very vulnerable. And out of that, I actually came back and I actually started a women's group. And it's called Ever Evolving Women. Um, and it's, I mean, I founded it, but it's an amazing group of women. And we all get together on a Wednesday morning at a local coffee shop. And we help each other with self-development. We help each other with business plans. It is a group where it's non-judgmental where we get vulnerable and where we do a lot of um, getting uncomfortable so that we can grow. And out of it, amazing things are happening. Um, it's not really planned. I just go there on a Wednesday morning and I maybe the day before I think of a topic or one of the women run the group or we just, you know, whatever comes up. But I call it ever evolving because at all these network events that I go to and I hear people with their um, the second, second um, elevator pitch, everybody just, to me, it's just my opinion, but everybody sounds like they are um, selling themselves, like they're inside this box, like they're so scripted, like it's what they're supposed to say, but it's m most of the time never passionate. And a lot of times I don't hear the passion in their voice. And so for me, if I want to connect with someone, I want that passion. I want this to be, they're doing this because this is what they're supposed to do and that's what will grab me, not because it's scripted inside a box. And so one time when I was giving my 30-second elevator pitch, I thought, I can't do this. This doesn't feel authentic. It doesn't feel real to me. So I stood up and I introduced myself. I just said, my name is Maggie Slider and I am an ever-evolving coach. And everybody laughed at me. And one of the things that I one of the ways that I live my life is that I will walk alone rather than walk with a crowd of people if I don't agree with what they're doing or what they're saying. I will choose to walk alone. Um, and I didn't care that they laughed at me because this is me. So I gave them my little, you know, being inside a box that doesn't feel authentic to me. I'm all about um, being my authentic self and building relationships authentically with people. And I'm, I don't, it doesn't matter to me what people think of me because I can't please everybody anyway. And so I just gave this little, this is what I do, this is how I can help you, but so authentically. And at the end of it, everybody clapped for me. And everybody was like, wow. And when I talk, whenever I talk to people about what I do, about how I can help them, I always get a, wow, like this is the, the most authentic conversation. This is the most authentic 
meeting or, or five minute chat that I've ever had with someone. And I think that's the gift that I was given to do this is my authenticity because I really, you know, I just speak from my heart. It really just comes from my heart and it's my passion. Truly believe that when I went to San Diego, it really confirmed that this is exactly what I am supposed to do. And, and by Jim and Jim teaching me, I didn't know every single thing that they taught me, but I knew most of it. And I'm like, this is, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is exactly what I'm supposed to do. Well, and I, I think people get caught up on the final destination, being it a goal, a vision, yes. a short-term dream, yes. whatever it may be. And I love your authenticity in that I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm on the same parallel or the same alignment with you. And I, I've always been the round peg in the square hole. And we, yes. aren't, meant to, we aren't meant to fit in. We are meant to stand out. No. And again, the way you described um, your encounter with Jim Britt was the same for me when I met him in Orange County, California. Right. And I, I found myself very emotional because you can develop rapport and a beautiful relationship with someone on social media. And then when yes. you finally meet face to face, your emotions take over because you've shared so much together. So when you say that about him, I had the same feeling because when I said goodbye mm-hmm. to him and I, I hugged him and Jim, I was just mm-hmm. like a crying fool. And they were like, yeah, we're going to see you again. We're going to talk to you yeah. again. And I, I felt like I was leaving my dad. He's, he's very yes. fatherly well, to me. Yes. And that's exactly how I felt. And I actually said that to him. I was thinking, I had tears in my eyes too. And I said to him, you are like the dad that I didn't have. And that, like, I mean, I had a dad, but not like Jim Britt. I mean, he's just an amazing, you know, and I said this to him. I think you're one of the nicest, sweetest men that I've ever met in my life. I just, I, and, and it's not even... Again, I get teary-eyed even just talking about them. It's, it's a feeling. It's not even in my head. It's a whole, like, physiological feeling that I get from being around him and even just thinking about him. So he's gone in my path for a reason. He is just yeah. authentic yeah. to me, and I feel yeah. the same about Jim Lute. So I have a little I just surprise. Like, yes. Yeah. I have Jim a little Lutz surprise was, for um, you. Oh, okay. No, finish what you were saying. No, I was going to say, I, I'm talking about Jim Britt because he's that older, he's got grandkids, he's got, you know, he's in a different place and, and Jim Lutz, you know, doesn't have his family around him and stuff like that. But Jim Lutz is amazing in what he does, um, totally authentic, totally just wants to help people, does everything through love. Um, I mean, he spends so much time and so much energy on giving to other people and not expecting anything in return. You see that from him all the time. He's just, he's always giving, even in his comments. I posted something the other day. I think I posted about my business and saying I'm looking for clients. And right away, he's on Facebook saying, yep, Maggie's amazing. Like, give her a call. And it's like, who does that? Like, seriously, who does that? He's just, he's so supportive, um, so encouraging. Um, He's like my brother, where Jim, I feel like Jim Brick's like my dad. Jim Lutz is more like my brother. Um, and and we're just, both just amazing, you know, amazing men. I have so much admiration and respect for both of them. They're amazing. No, I, I feel the same way. And I know all the co-authors 
that I've interviewed to date, I think we all have that same type of synergy. Mm-hmm. So I want, to share a, I want to share a little story with you. Okay. Last month, our fellow author and friend, Charlene Renault had her vision come true when she had her evening of speakers. And yes. she, she landed up, one of her speakers coming from Europe was unable to come. And mm-hmm. the night the night that this happened, I had a dream that something was wrong. So I had called her in the morning and I said, how's everything going with your conference? And she said, oh, Deb, you know, one of the fellow I had coming from Europe can't come. And right away I said, you know what, I will step in and I will come and be that fifth person for you. So just all these serendipitous mm-hmm. moments. So mm-hmm. I get to the... Uh, I get to Chatham and I help her out and the night before um, I'm at her house and she invites one of the speakers over and her name is Sharon Campbell Raymond and I Mm -hmm. met her and because of her thick Scottish accent I automatically thought of you so but here's here's the pivotal thing that you're going to love about this story Sharon used to teach uh, horse training at like children's camps on her beautiful farm between um, London and Chatham. So this one yep. Saturday, she was instructing this class and she said that she felt her ego was a bit eccentric that morning and she didn't wear her helmet. And Sharon mm. is Canadian. She's not from Scotland and she she speaks normal. Mm-hmm. So the next <laughs> thing... <I> <laughs> No, you'll you'll understand in a sec when I tell you why. So her okay. horse went one way, she went the other. The th- the horse threw her off so uh, quickly, she went from a standing position to falling straight back on her head, thrusted back up and back down again on her head. Ambulance wow. came in front of the children. So long story short sustained a traumatic brain injury they told her husband she has a concussion she'll be fine so this was on a Saturday so Monday she wasn't feeling right but went back to her chores in the barn doing all of her things by Friday she was done she went to bed she woke up Saturday morning Maggie and she lost her voice so she went into rehabilitation and when her voice returned, and I remember learning this in my neuroscience program at Brock when I attended there, there are 60 people in the world who sustain traumatic brain injuries, and some of them lose their ability to speak. But the ones that do get their voice back, they have a completely different accent. She now has an authentic Scottish accent, and people continually ask her if she's from Inverness. Wow. And if you knew her before and then now, like her husband said, he knows it's the same person, but she's just so different now. And the synergy that she has with you now is even though she's not Scottish, everyone thinks she is. So her husband and her went there and it was so interesting mm-hmm. because she she called for a bed and breakfast. 
and the lady said, could you let us know, you know, where a good place would be? And the lady in a, in a Scottish accent said to her, well, why don't you go back to your hometown of Inverness? She says, why would you be looking anywhere else? So then wow. she realized, like, just so serendipitous. But I noticed on your website, which I'm going to have you give uh, to our listeners in a minute, you have okay. a labyrinth. And her husband built a labyrinth for her in their backyard. And I think there's 1,250 bricks. And that is where she goes every day for her mindfulness, her meditation, and just to be able to give the calmness and cognitive reprieve that her brain needs to to get her through the day. And it's so funny Mm. because I was preparing for our interview and all of a sudden, I just had this this calming of why aren't you introducing Sharon to Maggie? And I thought, why haven't I done that? So mm. these are all these little epiphanies I get before our interview. And, and the parallel being Charlene, who's our co-author in book 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want so, to put yeah, you and Sharon together because I... I don't know why, Maggie, but I know there's some synergies there. Okay. Did you say her last name or her middle name was Campbell? She has a hyphenated surname. It's Campbell Raymond. Because Campbell, you're going to... Campbell is my middle name. (laughs) Campbell Campbell is my mother's um, maiden name. Isn't that funny? Yeah, so, and I have goosebumps, like, everywhere right now, so, yeah. I'm, I'm going have... to introduce you to, because I'm just, I'm finding that I, I, you know, I love interviewing the authors every week, but I'm I'm just feeling like I'm this conduit for connecting people and putting certain yes. synergies yes. together, and I... Yes. When I met Sharon, I thought of you because that's the, the relatability to me was I hadn't talked to you in a bit and just hearing the accent. Right. And I remember even saying to Char, it's like sitting with Maggie. And then wow. I went on your website and I was looking at some of the Celtic stuff and then the labyrinth. And then it was just like, okay, you need to introduce Sharon to Maggie. And I thought, okay, this is wild. Wow. Do you know, can I tell you something about my website? Um, that website was developed for me just last February, and it actually didn't, it wasn't live until about uh, maybe the June or July. I had some problems with it, but I put the website out there, and then I think it was in about October, I met another woman um, who, she's English by um, background, and she does marketing, and she said to me, I'm looking at your website, Maggie, but it doesn't reflect you and who you are. And my website was very calming, very yoga-like, very meditative-like. And I do that stuff, but I'm not calm and quiet, and that's not me. It doesn't, that's not a reflection of who I am. So she is the one that said to me, do you mind if I do some stuff with the website? And I said, sure, go ahead. And she came back with the, the Celtic symbols and the labyrinth, and, the, and I was like, wow, that is so much more me than my website ever was before. And I never realized that, you know, I've I've been in Canada for so long. um, And uh, I just, again, I haven't forgot my Scottish roots, but I've just been here for so long. But 
the fact that you're saying that that was something that really resonated with you, that makes me really happy because that is who I am. I guess I just kind of forgotten that little part about me. <laughs> but it is well, who I it's am. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I'm happy to hear you say that about your website because I think as we're evolving and changing as people, again, going back to that being authentic coaches, we need to have yeah. the experience. We need to be genuine, but we need to be relatable. And people don't want yeah. the bells and whistles. They want simplicity and right. results, and they don't want to be locked in and have a program and content that's not made, you know, custom for them. And I think I think yeah. that's what people want. Yeah. Now, yeah. I so loved... That's what I do with... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Maggie. I was just going to say that's what I do in my individual programs as well is that that's how I treat my clients is I don't have one program that fits all. It's whatever client comes to me with whatever, you know, areas in their life they want to work on, I tailor my, my coaching and I do counseling, but I tailor my coaching and my counseling around them as an individual, not what I think I, you know, I could do for everyone. So that is one of the things that makes me very different from a lot of other coaches. And I, I follow up with them. So between sessions, I actually, you know, email them or, or text them and say, how's it going? Have you done your homework? What are you struggling with? What's been going really well? So I, I have that constant connection. I don't just, you know, see them, they pay me the money, they leave kind of thing. I'm, I'm, I'm invested in what I do for my clients and in finding solutions. And that is, as Jim uh, Lutz says, that is what makes me considered, you know, to be one of the best at what I do in my region. Yeah, you can't take a cookie-cutter template approach to every person because no. each person's challenges and barriers and belief systems are all different. Uh, different, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, I want to read um, a paragraph out of your chapter that I think is very powerful, and oh, okay. when I'm when I'm done reading the paragraph, um, the question I'd like you to answer for the listeners is: While I'm reading this, I want you to think about what was your mindset and what emotion okay. were you kind of harboring when you wrote this chapter. So I'm just going to okay. grab a paragraph that I felt was really powerful. So Maggie is in book number twelve. And her chapter is called Realization. And I'm grabbing the bottom of a paragraph on page 174. So let me read this to you. I have finally come to realize that I have no need to feel guilt or shame. These are feelings which have been stored in my subconscious since childhood. I no longer allow these feelings and emotions to dictate Women especially have an amazing way of taking what someone says and making a story out of it based on our subconscious, not based on what was said. I know that I must set boundaries and I have the right at any time to say no. I'm not perfect. I know that and will never be. It's totally about listening, paying attention to my inner self and not about pleasing others. No one can make you feel any way that you don't wish to feel. No one feels, no one should be given that much power over you. I have learned what it feels like to be empowered, 
not to back down if someone doesn't agree with me, and not to apologize for my strong, independent personality. All of the struggles and challenges I have gone through, believe me, there are many more than I have disclosed here, have happened for me, not to me. They are the reason I am here doing what I'm doing today and the reason I am here writing this chapter. I have learned so much about what I truly deserve that there is an abundance for all. It's in no way about competition or about what anyone thinks I ought to do in my life. So Maggie, answer that question that I asked you before I grab that little excerpt out of your chapter. Okay. Um, What was my mindset and my emotion? Um, You know, my mindset, I think, was that when I when I when I realized when the, when this was my realization when I reached that pivotal point, um, I remember um, and I can be very explicit about it. January thirteenth, two thousand and thirteen. So some of the stuff that I had written in my chapter about losing my job, about my marriage ending, and then about my husband passing away shortly afterwards, um, had led me left me in a very very depressed. I was so depressed. I had no job. I had no money. Um, I had two kids to raise. I had been abandoned by um, a lot of people who I thought were my friends. And um, I remember writing in my journal every day, and it was all sad, doom and gloom. I, to be honest, um, wanted to kill myself. That's how low I got. But I remember um, one day I threw myself on the floor, and I just cried my eyes out. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And then a little, I heard a little voice saying to me, stop, enough, stand up. And I did. I stood up. And a couple of days later, I got up January 13th, 2013. I got out of bed and um, I grabbed my journal and I remember writing, today is going to be the same as every other day. Um, and then I had like a little, I felt like a click, like, like something clicked in my brain, something shifted within me. And then I went, hell no, no way, enough is enough. And that day, that was my pivotal moment. That was my, call it divine intervention. I have no idea, but somebody intervened with my mind. And from that moment on, it was like, I have been giving my power to other people. I've been giving my power to even my parents when I didn't do what they wanted me to do. If my beliefs weren't the same as what their beliefs were, I gave my power to friends because I thought, Um, and you and I had talked about this before, that, you know, we don't fit in because we're a square peg in a round hole. Um, I'd given my power away. I had told myself that um, I didn't fit in. Um, My emotions were always, um, I I didn't feel comfortable anywhere that I went. I always felt that I wasn't normal, what's normal anyway, but I always felt really different. And then I just realized, even in my marriage, like, this is not really who I am. I'm living a life based on what I think I'm supposed to be and what I think other people want me to be, but it just didn't feel right. That that whole inner metaphysical part of me just did not feel right. And then I really realized how strong of a person I am, how intelligent I am, and before I'd never thought that about me. And... um, I just thought, you know, I'm not being authentic to me. I'm not being who I am supposed to be. 
And from that day, that January 13th, I just started changing things. And I thought, you know what? This is my life. I get to do what I want to do. I get to make decisions for myself. I'm a strong, independent woman. Um, I'm forthright with my words, yes, but I'm not disrespectful to people. I don't go around hurting people. I'm a, I, I help people. I actually believe I'm here as an angel, and I've helped many, many people. But that's not my purpose. My purpose here isn't to fix people. My purpose here was to find out who I am authentically and then help other people find out who they are authentically. So my emotions now are, and this is a big part of learning through the Law of Attraction course that I took as well, we are, we are only in control of ourselves. We can't control anyone else. But I'm in control of my emotions. So if something happens around me, it's up to me to respond to what, it, what that is that happened. People react and then blame what happened or blame someone else, and that's what causes their emotions. But when I had this pivotal mindset shift, because that's what you can call it, I don't go back there anymore. And I never apologize for being who I am. Yes, I'm strong. Yes, I'm determined. Um, yes, I'm intelligent. But I can't apologize for that, and I won't apologize for that because it's who I am. And if I apologize like I used to always do, I used to always feel bad and feel guilty and feel, you know, what did I do to hurt someone? That's terrible. I must have been a really bad person in my past life. I won't do that anymore. I choose not to do that anymore. I choose to stand in my power, own my power, own my independence. If someone is intimidated, that's their monkey on their back. That's nothing to do with me. I've done a lot of work on me. I've gone to counseling. I've joined groups. I've read self-help books. Um, I'm still on my journey. That's why I say I'm ever-evolving, and I'll always be on my journey. But I am a much better person now, much better mother for my kids, much better friend for my friends than I was before when I wasn't living authentically to who I actually am. And now when I have a day where I'm, because I'm happy, and I help people find they're happy, that's what I do. If I have a day now where I go back to that old default setting, because that's what we do, we put ourselves back to that default based on past traumas, past repetition, and past authority figures, um, I don't allow that anymore. That's not who I am. That was my story. That's not part of my story now. I do not allow myself to go back there. I have completely shifted, and my mindset now is a positive mindset. Um, I always have a smile on my face. I, I always see the good in everybody. No matter what you do to me, I always find the good. I don't harbor all the bad feelings. I don't actually like having a bad day. I do not like it. makes me feel very uncomfortable now if I don't feel good. So my mindset has totally shifted. My emotions are my choice. I choose how I feel. And only 10% of what happens is actually what happens, it's the 90% is how we usually react to it. So I completely shifted my mindset. And this is me authentically now. Well, and I think that is something that you've worked on for years. And really, it's yes. so easy. What's the purpose of having a bad day? Uh, Gary Cox brought that up this week. Like, why waste a day yes. stewing about Something. Our brains, he refers to them as mental real estate. 
And it and we always need to be ready for execution of anything. And I think mm-hmm. being part of the change, we've aligned ourselves with positive, high energy, like minded, successful entrepreneurs from all over the globe. And I'm like you, yes. I would rather be alone in a small group or on my own until I'm able to find a tribe that be consistent and that fits in with me, but I also resonate with them. So I'm very much parallel to you in, in your beliefs as well. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, I think it's important. And I think when you get those negative thoughts and as human beings, that's just normal that we experience those, but you need to have Absolutely. a strategy. You know, it's and, okay to feel them. We have to feel them so we can hang on to them because again, exactly. that's a choice. I mean, it takes the same energy to be depressed as it does to be happy. So it, it's a choice, right? Um, exactly. And, and we need to feel them. We need to feel them. We need to let them pulse through us. We need to, uh, you know, analyze them. But then let it go because it's not serving you. It's really not serving you. It's actually causing disease in your body, which we know turns to disease, and and that doesn't help anybody. Because you know what we we get what we th- what we think about is what we attract. That's what we get in our life. That's what we create. So if we're thinking lack all the time. That's what we're getting. We're getting more lack. If we're thinking negatively, why me? Why does all this stuff happen to me all the time? Well, you know what? You're asking for more of it because there's, what about all the good stuff? What about the gratitude? You know, all the things that you do have. Shouldn't that be what you're focusing on rather than what you don't have? But I think a lot of it is our, our as I said, our default settings, um, how we were raised, how we, um, not even what our parents said to us, but just what we observed as kids. Because that's what kids take on, what they see happening, right? So it's not that somebody sat us down and told us this is how you're supposed to feel. We just picked that up through repetition and through events that happened. And we told ourselves that was true. That was our reality. And and Jim Britt talks a lot about, you know, our, our, our core beliefs in that, um, you know, when I, I'll believe it when I see it. But really, it's when you see it, then you can believe it. But we love our lives thinking it the other way around. I believe it when I see it. Well, why would you believe something if you've never seen it? That to me was a pivotal moment too, right? It was like, that doesn't make sense. Why would I believe something just because somebody told me that? So that's a big, a big changing moment that I had as well. Well, and I think from a cognitive perspective, we're not going to eliminate those thoughts because that's just who we are as no. a human being. Where you yes. need to have the safety net or the strategy is you just don't allow any emotions and you have that inception of whatever strategy you can do to either fulfill that thought if it's positive and if it's negative, like you said, to, you know, tell yourself inner talk that it's not going to serve you. It has no purpose and do not deposit an ounce of emotion into it. And I think, I think it's hard because, the popular book, Men Are From, uh, what is it? Men Are From yeah. Mars, Women Are From Venus. So we are taught to feel first and think second, but men are taught to yeah. think first and, and feel second. So it's very, yeah. it's very yin and yang, but we do not allow yeah. ourselves to become slave to those feelings. We, we have to harness and protect those thoughts and not let the emotional right. feelings creep in. And, and that's hard for people. It's, a, it's like anything else. It's a learned behavior it's a learned, it's a learned skill, skill. yes mm-hmm. it is and it's not so, it doesn't it's just overnight it's no. work every day 
every day Absolutely. you have to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like um, keeping your body strong. I mean, you can't just go to the gym one time and then run a marathon or just or be a bodybuilder. It's it's constant, right? It's it's self, you know, self preservation. You have to do it all the time. It is. So we have a couple mm-hmm. minutes left. So tell our listeners uh, what your website is and what you're working on for the last six months of 2017. Okay, so my website is called findyourselfcoaching.info. Um, and it's about uh, basically, you know, everything we've talked about, releasing your fears, releasing your limiting beliefs. And uh, I also do mind, body, soul stuff because I do counseling, counseling, coaching. I was a personal trainer. Um, you know, working out and taking care of my body is very important. Taking care of my mindset is very important. Teaching my kids about that as well is very important. And the things that I'm working on for the rest of the year is, um, well, I'm working on doing that collaboration with um, co-authors. That's at the very beginning stages, but I know it's going to happen. And now I've put it out there on the radio, so it has to happen. Um, I am actually doing right now, um, this is something that I got from Jim Lutz um, coaching as well, was to start a small group workshop. So I'm actually just at the end of my second small group workshop, and it's called The Ladder, Your Next Step. Um, And it is really just, I just developed it on my own, and it really is about um, what is your next step? So learning to love yourself, learning to let go of those fears and figuring out what you really want your life to look, what's your authentic life? What do you really want your life to look like? And the transformations, I, I only have four women at a time. Um, I am open to do it for men as well, but the ladies that I've had so far, the transformations that I've had for these women is amazing. The first group didn't want the workshop to end, so every second Monday now, I continue to do a little workshop with them because they don't want it to end. Um, I'm at the last um, session on Tuesday for my second group, and the transformation in those women just from them releasing some of their fears, releasing their core beliefs that don't serve them, now focusing on what their core values are rather than their core beliefs, and, and knowing that if they're not living their life and honoring their core values and not being authentic to themselves, that's been amazing. Um, I also just recently signed up, so I talked about the Hive a little while ago, the, the, co- um, uh, the co-working space, and that place has also evolved over the year and two months ago they opened up a wellness clinic and they were looking for so they're looking at the eight elements of life and they were looking for practitioners and they actually approached me and asked me if I would be their spiritual coaching practitioner so I actually joined that um, I think just about a month ago they are um, collaborating with some large organizations to do lunch and lunch and to um, do one-on-one work, they're offering a wellness, um, Passport to Wellness, I believe it's called, with some large corporations um, in the Toronto and the York Region area. And so I'm uh, going to be a part of that, and that's like super exciting. So that's what I have going on for this year. And they're also organizing another Powerful Women today, I believe for next March. And the woman who was um, one of the organizers this year didn't want to do it, and they asked me if I would step up and do it. So I um, I have a lot of stuff going on. Um, 
I'm still doing my one-on-one workshops as well, and I'm working on um, doing a, a, what's it called, bringing riches into your life workshop um, from something that I learned as well from my coaching program, and it's basically about teaching people how to have a better relationship with money because a lot of people have a really negative relationship with money. So that's all of the stuff that I'm working on um, moving forward, like from, you know, uh, probably the past two months. That's what I'm working on right now. Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of different initiatives on the go and it, it comes in line with who you are and the work that you want to do. So I look forward to our future collaborations together and I just, I've loved Me spending too. time with you today and I wish you nothing but the best and have a wonderful Mother's Day, my friend. Thank you. You too, Deb. Thank you so much. You made this so easy. <laughs> my pleasure and you enjoy the rest of your weekend. So thanks again, Thank Maggie. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Just a great interview with Maggie Slider. I, I just love her Scottish accent. I could sit and listen to her all day. And, and I love how she talks about how she has overcome some of really powerful life things that have happened to her. Uh, losing her job, being a single mom, losing her husband. And it, she didn't allow it to define her. She kept going and found that inner grit and tenacity and perseverance as a strong woman and now she has just powered through and I love having her as a co-author in in the change book series I've had her to my home we've become friends and I certainly know we will do more things together and I have to get myself on that list for the powerful woman event for next March so I'll have to put that request in So since it's Mother's Day weekend, I found a beautiful poem uh, written by Janelle McBride that I would love to read to all of the moms that are in the Change Book series. So here we go. A mother comes with all different names. Aunts who love, worry, and play. Teachers who help you, guide you, and set your aim. Sisters who listen, cry, and put your worries at bay. Grandmas with warm cookies, hugs, and prayers so you'll never stray. Yes, a mother does come with all kinds of names. Thank you to all the women for being a mother to someone's child, but most importantly, to her or his child. So thank you so much for tuning in on a Saturday afternoon. And it was just so amazing and such a privilege and honor for me to be here with you today and chatting with Maggie Slider from Book 12. I hope you have a great weekend. So I'm off next week having a little life balance for myself, but I will be back here on May the 24th with another co-author from the Change from the Change book series. So I look forward to being back with you then. So until then, take care and be kind.